Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Alex. And this is Connor. Welcome to the Sales Engineering Podcast. Right. So today we're going to talk a little bit about why Alex and I wanted to actually start a sales engineering podcast. There's a lot that goes into this. Something that both of us were talking just kind of casually about was our own sales engineering journeys and how we're hungry to learn and to grow and to absorb new information and knowledge. And as we were going through this process of trying to find material out online, we didn't find a bunch of great material. And so Alex and I were chatting and we were like, yeah, why, why don't we actually go and try creating and recording one of our own podcasts? And that led us down this path. And so with this first episode, just setting some of the intention of the why and what we want from a sales engineering podcast is, is where we're diving into. So each episode might be a little different, but ultimately we're really wanting to create a podcast that's going to help you learn and advance your career as a sales engineer. So that you're going to see that through uh, giving you some practical or tactical items on how to do your job better. We're going to share information on how different companies and different organizations are tackling sales engineering. And hopefully with that, you know, giving you some information that is you know, not going to be on the surface, some, some information that's a little below the line that you're really only going to hear from speaking with people directly uh, in, in, in this personal setting. And then we want to chat about uh, the future of the role. How is it changing? What skills are changing? How are industries changing? Just so you can stay sharp with your skills. So generally, these podcasts are going to follow a specific format. We're going to have some intro questions for a guest, just really trying to understand a bit about them and how they made their way into sales engineering. We're going to have a specific discussion topic. Uh, that could be what are some qualities or characteristics of great SEs. It could be how should you help run discovery calls as an SE? How should you set up demos as an SE? How should you interview? How should you stay current on you know, industry and, and technology trends. And then we're going to end each episode with some rapid questions. There are four questions. They're going to be the same, and we're going to ask them to every guest. So kind of moving on to the, the next section, we're going to quickly spend a couple minutes talking about our story and, and how we became uh, sales engineers. So Connor, why don't you go and kick us off? Yeah, yeah. My story is kind of interesting. And I it's really cool because every time I talk with someone who is an SE, I've, I've found that there's no real specific path that people have been taking to this role. Just a little bit of context. I have a background in industrial engineering, so I love anything data or process improvement related. I started off in an IT strategy role at a Fortune 50 company transitioned into a different role where I was leading a support team at a small mm -hmm. startup. And most recently I was doing technical customer success. And so these were all different roles throughout the organization, mm -hmm. but mostly in the, the post sales type roles. And something that I found that was unique and that I've taken over my experience thus far was 
I've really been able to speak these two different languages, one being the language of business and second is the language of technology. And yeah. it's kind of unique because I've learned that not everyone can really bridge the gap or translate those two languages back and forth. And that's something that I found I, I have somewhat of a knack to do and something I've seen uh, sales engineers be very successful at is being able to speak those two different languages. Yeah, how would you say, you know, what's something that helped you develop that skill? Is that something that came naturally or, or how, how, how does someone go about growing that? Sure, yeah. I think there's like some innate qualities of sales engineers that allow them to be better at, at doing that translation. One is just a curiosity. It's something that I've always been very interested in is like learning and growing, understanding why or how things work. And so my natural inclination is just to understand, okay, this is the business. What are these business requirements? How does it work? And then, okay, there's this other world over in technology. How do I translate those business requirements into technical requirements as well as build rapport with, with more technical individuals as well? Yeah. And so that some of those natural curiosity qualities, I think really helped out with my story. Yeah, that's, I'm really glad you said curiosity uh, because I just finished up interviewing and one of the questions I asked to uh, almost every sales engineering manager was what are some qualities that you've seen uh, in successful SEs at your organization? And there was always a, 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 you know, a broad, you know, swath of answers, but curiosity was always included in every SE manager's answer. So, huh. uh, yeah, you know, I, I think interviewing should be, you know, a, as much as possible, maybe trying to learn it, what people are looking for and what skills they're looking for. But curiosity is definitely, definitely the top of the list. Definitely. How about you share with our, our, some of our listeners just a little bit more about your story, Alex? My story, yeah, my story is, is also different. You know, I, when I think about how I became an SE, it, a few years ago when I just moved to San Francisco, I went to a coding school to develop a, a foundation in full stack development. And I thought I was going to be a full stack software engineer. I was preparing to do that, but this recruiter, uh, once the program finished, noticed I was really great with people and said, hey, Alex, you need to be a customer facing engineer. Uh, this recruiter then intru introduced me to a few uh, organizations that were hiring for customer facing engineering roles. And my first role out of the coding bootcamp was a post sales engineering role. And, and I loved it. And ever since I found this post post sales engineering niche, I've really felt uh, that this is a place where I can thrive. Uh, eventually that led me to uh, a different team, uh, most optimizely, which was where I was a, a sales engineer at first. And, and that role has led me to, to Slack. And what I really love about the sales engineering role is, is similar to you. You said you're at this kind of you have to speak this business and technology and I define the role as you're sitting at the intersection of technology, business and people uh, mm. because underneath technology and business is it's people and you have to really 
uh, value people and put people first. I, I think as an SE, your, your success is going to be uh, one of the measures of your success is going to be defined by the quality of relationships you can build with, with people. That's yes. your team. That's the AEs. That's people in product or engineering. That's the customers. Uh, you really have to put people first because they're, they're going to trust you. Yeah, I think that's such a key part of our day-to-day -day role is that human or people element, being able to build rapport and that trust is, is crucial with the, the SE role in general. So good call out there. All right, let's move on to this final section where we're going to ask these four questions that we plan to ask to each of our, our guests to each other. So Connor, why don't you kick us off with what is a book that has greatly influenced your professional or personal life? Yeah, thanks, Alex. Love this question. So I'll take it and break it down into the two component parts, starting with personal life. There's one book that my wife and I actually read recently together called Awareness by Anthony DeMello. And this book, I think, has greatly influenced our personal life in a couple of different ways. I really like this book because there's many times in life that I've found that I get into kind of the day-to-day -day cadence of life and routines start taking hold and I start just living life, which is great. But there's many times that I fall into this, this perspective on life where I feel like I'm not living as consciously as I could be. And this book was super interesting because Anthony DeMello goes and, and talks about how you can do things differently in life to just live more consciously. And the big takeaway that I really enjoyed was it's just a good reminder that there is a different way to, that you can look about living life. Mm -hmm. What would be one of those things maybe that stands out that, that you, what a connection you were able to make in your own life about something that you were doing unconsciously that, that maybe you're doing more consciously now? Yeah, you could just think of everything as small as just actually being present and focused in conversations or when you're eating food and actually tasting food rather than just eating and consuming, I think is a good way to think about that on a very like small, mm -hmm. small tactical level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, that would be the dream if you can uh, achieve more presence in your life. Most of most of the time, we're thinking about the past or worried about the future, whether yes. it's very near-term future or a long-term future. But uh, you know, those are all things that are, are haven't happened in you know the past. You, you can't really change. So yeah, uh, that's that's awesome. Definitely, definitely curious about that book. And we'll we'll definitely have to swap our libraries after this i feel like we're going to come up with a, a bunch of good books that we uh, both can read uh, that we've we've had a lot of good takeaways from and moving into the the second part of that question around professional life this book called quiet leadership by david rock was a book that i read when i first became a leader and and was looking for material about how to be a good manager or be a good leader and 
I think this book in particular is not only great for leaders, but also for sales engineers, because part of the premise of the book is really trying to bring out not only the best in people, but also be able to have a better conversation and ask good questions from individuals who are in their day-to-day -day roles that know the most about the problems that they're trying to deal with or tackle on a day-to-day -day basis. And so this approach is, is huge because instead of trying to solve the problems for your customers or for your teammates, it's really being there almost as a sounding board to ask thought-provoking questions mm -hmm. and be able to help draw out the, 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 and provide more clarity around what the problem is and around what potential solutions are. So you can take this and apply it to the SE world where we're building rapport and creating technical champions and instilling ownership uh, in our potential customers and in the opportunities that our product and solution is going to be key to solving whatever the customer's pain point or problem is. And I really like that perspective around quiet leadership and being able to help the customer or opportunity or your teammate draw out the answers themselves. But of course, as SEs, we're leading them towards mm -hmm. our solution as, as something that will help them in their day to day. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's awesome. I, I completely agree. That really reminds me of this, this quote from, from Henry Ford. And, and I, I might paraphrase the quote a little bit, but it, you know, this was back in the early 1900s when he, if, when he's talking about developing a car and if he would have asked the normal, the, the lay person, what do you need uh, to go faster? Everyone would have said, I need more horses. I need yep. 50 horses or a hundred horses. No one would have thought I need a car. And this is that same approach that you're with the questions and, and what were the role we're playing in, uh, in these meetings with customers is we're helping them, uh, helping them arrive at the conclusion uh, that how our software is going to transform and change uh, their organization. Love that. Exactly. It, that's a hard skill. It's, it's kind of like influencing with uh, quiet influence, you, you know, that to, to drive a conversation. And a big part of that is the right questions mm. uh, to helping uh, people think about the right, uh, think about the right things that maybe they haven't considered. Very much so. Yeah. Great. So that, uh, that's, that was a great first answer. Uh, second question, what's the profound experience that has shaped your professional life? Uh, or when was your last professional epiphany and what was it? Yeah. So in terms of a profound experience that shaped my professional life, I would say that this wasn't necessarily a definitive experience or moment in time that shaped my professional life. But something that I realized earlier on in my career was the unique perspective that I bring to the table based off of my experiences, my upbringing, my learning, my personality traits is very unique to, to the situation or dynamic or conversation. And the, the profound experience was learning that not everyone has that same perspective on the situation mm -hmm. that I do. And being able to have the confidence 
to share that experience, especially in a room full of people that might be much more senior or experienced than me, really has shaped my career and has allowed me to propel, propel my career much further than I would say I would have been able to otherwise if I would have just kept all of those thoughts or concerns or ideas to myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. I completely agree. Definitely can relate to that uh, as well. Uh, so the next question, what is the worst professional advice you've ever been given? SE specific if, if possible, but just even generally, what's the worst professional advice you've been given? Yeah, definitely. And this might not be specific advice, but more in experience or a culture that I witnessed mm-hmm. in the workplace. And that was specifically around not being genuine or truthful. And specifically as sales engineers, we're here to be a customer's trusted advisor, building rapport, ensuring that we have a path forward. And really, we're here to help set teams up for success with our product, their service, or solution. And so that environment around not being genuine or truthful is something that I took and learned is something extremely important, especially in the sales engineering role, to be your authentic self and to be truthful with your customers, even if it's a difficult conversation or your product can't fit all of the the needs, it's important to be there and and to be truthful with that. Yeah, I I completely agree. One thing that's that's not always talked about is as as sales engineers, it's it's not just about that first uh, deal and getting it over the line. It's about setting up a strong foundation with customers uh, to help grow a long-term business relationship. Yeah. And so, how can we best partner together as well mm-hmm. and, and come from that partner perspective, not just the, hey, let's close the deal and, and move yeah. on. Yeah. And, and as SEs, sometimes there's a lot of external pressure to close deals and, and making sure that you know, you, you're genuine, genuine and truthful and, and have integrity and that you stand really by the customer's needs as well. Awesome. So flipping that question around, what is the best advice you've ever been given? Uh, SE specific if possible, but also generally. Yeah. And in terms of the best advice, professional advice that I've been given, when I was looking for jobs, uh, I had a mentor of mine say, Connor, if there's one thing that you should never do, it's Never work for a company with a bad product, even if it's better pay, more benefits, et cetera. This really applies for sales engineers specifically as well, because if you are in a conversation with a potential opportunity and you don't believe in the product, Mm -hmm. you're going to have such a more difficult time to actually go and and sell that solution to those Mm -hmm. potential customers. Yeah. So working for a company like Twilio that has a great product, excellent rapport in the developer community, great documentation. It makes my job as a sales engineer just a little bit easier in those types of conversations when I'm going and and trying to talk about our solution because it is Uh a great product. And so whenever I have friends or family that are are looking for roles, that's something that, that I always mention, especially if they're a little hesitant about the product. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know how, 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 how true this is, but isn't there a rumor at Twilio that Twilio went public without a sales team or, you know, with very few sales team members because their product was so heavily adopted by engineers and so valuable to engineers that they didn't uh, get serious about sales until way, way later in their growth? You know, I, I think that's actually a good future conversation that we should bring on <laughs> someone from the Twilio side that's that's been there for a couple of years. But yes, that, that is true. We we actually did not have a full on uh, sales team, especially for the size and the amount of revenue that our company was generating. It didn't match the, the sales team size that we had. And that's because of how how well adopted and well thought of the product was in the developer community. So that's a good point. We'll, we'll definitely have to dive into it a little bit further, Alex. Cool, yeah, nice. All right, so those were the four questions. Let's go ahead and flip the script. And Alex, I'm gonna ask you these four questions and we'll go from there. Sound like a good plan? Let's do it. All right, so Alex, I want you to share with the audience, what was a great book that influenced either your professional or personal life? Yeah, I, I love this question and, and it's an incredibly hard question. I, uh, you know, I'd wanna put five, maybe 10 books on this list. There have been, and, and there, and, and another hard thing about this question is to me, uh, I think they're interconnected. Books that uh, my personal and professional life is interconnected. So books that have influenced me personally uh, have also influenced me professionally and vice versa. Mm. So I'll go ahead and start with uh, the book in this personal life. And, and that book is Shantaram. And what I love about that book is, is the way the author is able to present certain scenarios that uh, you might have a pretty fixed opinion about and, and then completely uh, show you a different way at looking at that situation. So to give you an example, the opening is the best opening to a book I've ever read where uh, he's talking about how he's in prison. And this is a true story. He's in prison, he's chained to a wall and, and he's being whipped. <laughs> and, and then he talks about in this moment, I realized I was free. And it, you know, again, it takes, it kind of shifts. My perspective was, wow, this is a horrible situation. And then he says, but you're free. I'm free in this moment to hate the people that are whipping me or to forgive them. Mm. And, and, and he shows you this other side to the coin. And he does that throughout the entire novel with so many scenarios that uh, to me, this is powerful because it shows me how powerful uh, your mind is and the thoughts that, that help shape your perspective. So when things happen in life, uh, you can choose to see them one way or you can choose to see them another way. And that makes so much of a difference in, in your attitude uh, and, and, and how you uh, view life. So, wow. so that, that's been a, a pretty impactful book that, uh, again, I, I can, can see those things in, in my personal and professional life. Yeah. For, for professional life, you know, I, I think there are there have definitely been some very SE specific books, but the the book that has influenced me the most, I think, is one called Never Split the Difference. 
and it's by an ex-FBI hostage negotiator. But he, he really showed me in this book that every interaction we have in life is a negotiation, whether you're aware of it or not. And being aware about these interactions and, and some of the skills that the best hostage negotiators in the world use, all they do is give you power. And you can translate that back to you having a smoother life and being able to get more out of life. That's more outcomes that you're gonna be able to uh, influence with a positive experience. So uh, it's, it's an incredible book. It's super fun to read. You won't be able to put it down because of the way this author starts each chapter with a scenario, a real life scenario. Many of them you'll have heard about because they made national news. And, and, then, and then he takes you step by step into that scenario and then translates to, all right, so these were the skills that we used. This is how you can apply them in your personal life or business. Uh, and all of them are around emotional, emotional intelligence. Uh, so uh, really great book. Awesome. Well, well, I'm sold on both of them. I already just put both in my Amazon cart, ready yeah. to ready to take a read. Um, and that's that's part of the reason why I love having conversations with you, Alex, is because we uh, not only on a on a deep, like profound personal level can can have those conversations about consciously choosing the way that we want to live or see the world, but also from a professional perspective, also have uh, some great insights there. All right, moving on to question two. Alex, what's a profound experience that has shaped your professional life? Yeah, so one experience that really jumps out to me is, you know, when I made the jump from post-sales to pre-sales, it wasn't a, a straightforward or easy jump for me. Uh, as my role post-sales didn't have as much uh, presentation experience and really running a meeting experience as, as I thought I needed to, to move pre-sales. And that was pretty clear in, in my uh, ability when I started to interview and just really couldn't get past that final running a meeting and, and presenting to a greater room of team members. Uh, but the, the win there was identifying that this was exactly the skill I needed to work on. So I went out and got a presentation coach and she was an incredible coach that in one week of working with her pretty full time, you know, two, two hours a day at least, uh, she helped me learn how to run a meeting, how to build a presentation. And, and then that drastically set me up for incredible uh, amounts of, of career growth. And the, the next wave of interviews, I had uh, several companies uh, lined up back to back, which resulted in offers from all of them. And it allowed me to make this big jump into sales engineering, uh, which you know, I'm incredibly thankful for. So uh, I guess the, the lesson there is, you know, you have to be self-aware uh, and it's okay to, to, to not have all the skills that you need, but, you know, make sure to, to identify areas of opportunity or growth and then, uh, and then work to, to develop those skills. Yeah, I, I love that you were aware enough to see that's an area that you wanted to improve on and then actually sought out help 
and a coach specifically to go and help you on that. Where, where'd you actually find the coach out of curiosity? Yeah, I think I got luckier than anyone could have gotten. I was on a site upwork.com, which is not particularly known for presentation coaches, but I just put out this request trying to, to describe what type of meeting presentation sales simulated meetings I was trying to get help with. Uh, I got a lot of responses from designers and, and people talking about building custom slides, but they were missing that element. But there was someone on there who just had, uh, had actually done run was in sales in Silicon Valley for years and then went to get their MBA at, at, at a pretty renowned Ivy league school and had a, a bit of a, a couple months where they weren't working. So she was just super happy to, to help me uh, at a very, very reasonable rate. And, and I think an investment of, of $500 for me led to a almost like 30 to 40% jump in my salary. So, you know, it's hard when, when you don't have a job to, to make certain investments, but it's, you know, I, I, it really was also a lesson that like, hey, uh, you don't need to do everything yourself and, and you need to have some humility and awareness that, that, that it's okay to seek out help, it, not just with getting a, a presentation coach or a professional coach, but in these different areas to, to help you get to these next levels. Yeah, I love that. Moving on to question three, what's the worst professional and SE specific advice that you've been given? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this, this is a great question. I don't know if I've ever gotten any terrible advice per se, but I think advice that I, I not getting, not having certain advice early in my life is, is probably, uh, you know, how I'm going to take this question. So uh, I didn't realize how important it was to have a strong network and what that really meant and, and, and how important it was to have mentorship and people who are ahead of, of you in, in different areas of their career, uh, people that you could lean on professionally for advice. And those two things have repeatedly uh, shown me have repeatedly contributed to my success. And, and I didn't learn those skills until a couple years ago. Most, so most recently, I just transitioned from being a sales engineer at Optimizely to a sales engineer at Slack. Uh, but I was interviewing with several different companies and uh, many, many of these conversations were uh, at world-renowned sales engineering organizations and I was personally referred by people that I had met and uh, a lot of friends helped do practice interviews with me. Again, this is just that part, that element of having a strong network and uh, having people that are there to, to help you make good decisions professionally. Nice, yeah, that definitely makes sense. And the last question, and really it's flipping the third question on its head, What's the best advice that you've been given and could be SE specific as well? Yeah, no, this, this one is, is super easy for me. The, the best advice I've ever been given was at the graduation of my coding school. And the, the director there said, you know, as you move forward in your career in, in tech and in Silicon Valley, 
there are always going to be people in the room who are smarter than you, who are more experienced than you, who are more technical than you. But the one thing that you can always control is be the most passionate person in the room. And, and that ha will go a long way. And, and I think it's been a big part in, in my growth and success is bringing passion uh, with forward with you uh, every day. Uh, and I've, I would even expand that. It's not just about passion. It's about being genuine. It's about being transparent. It's about uh, showing up. And you can do these things. So uh, these are things that you can control. So make sure you focus on these things. All right. Thanks so much for joining us on our first sales engineering podcast. We hope you've enjoyed. If you want to be a future guest on our show, feel free to look at the description and apply or send us a note on our website and we'd be more than happy to chat about your topic or specialty. Also, we'd love to all share job referrals and recs. So if you or your company are hiring for SE specific roles, feel free to share those with us as well. And we can get that out to the broader community. Thanks so much, y'all. Have a good one. Thanks everyone. Have a good one.